leading up to these 21 days that we've been trying to join into in praying for Israel. But just um, God, by the, the Holy Spirit, has brought together so many different parts of the body from all across the globe in a, what they're calling a Pentecost 2023 moment um, today. So let me read this off their website. If you clicked through, you know um, if you got that email, but I just sent it out yesterday. But it says this, on May 27th and 28th, that's today, 2023, a coalition of believers in uh, the nations and in Israel from many denominations, missions, and prayer organizations are calling believers everywhere to set aside uh, time today to pray for both Jerusalem, the Jewish people, and for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. Um, for communities of worshiping disciples to be raised up everywhere. And so I clicked in. They have a live stream that's going from city to city across the globe. And it'll be going later today. If you didn't check it out yet, go check it out. Um, But I literally got to watch believers in um, Chennai, India, worshiping and praying for the nations in English. I, I mean, and I just watched for like two minutes and I wanted to weep. And uh, then this morning I'm like, I gotta, gotta watch more while I'm getting ready for today. <laughs> so I checked in on, um, they were finishing up in London and then it switched over to Germany. And I'm watching these German believers worshiping just like us and praying for the nations to know Jesus. And so we get to be a part of this. Today. Now, nobody's got a live camera feed coming to us and broadcasting to the nations, but our voices are heard by the throne of heaven. So today we're going to join in. I'm going to speak a little, uh, and then we're going to pray for Israel and for the gospel to go to the nations. But I want you to recognize how powerful this is, because you look around here like, well, it's just us. And now, Jesus never looks at us and says, it's just you, by the way. Um, but we say that all the time. We say, does it really matter? Well, let's put it in some numerical perspective. They're estimating through this movement um, that there are 110 million believers engaging. I don't even have a, a mental grid for what 110 million people looks like. Do you? 110 million people all across the globe are a part of this moment right now praying for Israel, and praying for the gospel to go to the nations. And they are connected, by the way. I mean, and and so if we estimate that um, there are maybe one billion, I think is a fair conservative estimate, one billion Christians on the planet right now, that's amazing, first of all. Do you realize what you're a part of? Uh, <laughs> there's probably one and a half. But it will say one billion believers on the planet right now, believers in Jesus, who love Jesus, that would be 10% of the body of Christ worldwide. And I just, I'm, I'm boggled by this because I don't know if in my lifetime I've ever heard of that many believers or that percentage of the worldwide church being together about anything. Okay, are you getting this now? When in your lifetime have you seen 110 believers agree on something? Besides Jesus. And I think that's what's powerful about this is there are at least 110 million agreeing together today to believe for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. Believing God to bless Israel in this end times. And uh, I'm glad we can all agree. (laughs) And I think that kind of unity being unprecedented is a signpost to us that God's up to something. And so if you didn't think you were interested in being involved, I hope you are now. 
Because if God's never, we've never seen God do this before, we just want to say yes. We just want to bless what God is doing. And yeah, this is, as Marvin um, mentioned, when the church calendar recognizes the day of Pentecost, although like we don't have the calendar date of when Jesus died and resurrected. We just, you know, the church chose a date and we celebrate on Easter, you know, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And then 40, 50 days later, the day of Pentecost. Uh, and so that, that would be today we remember that he sent the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, it's not an accident. And so we're actually going to do this in kind of two parts. Today, we're going to talk about what God's doing in the earth right now. We're going to join our voices in prayer. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why, um, because I think um, even for me at times, I'm like, what, what's the big deal? Why Israel? Why the Jewish people? But it's actually very, very simple. So I want to get us there, but also why that matters to the nations and then we're going to just take some time in prayer today, together, right here this morning. Uh, join our voices with the, the, the witnesses that are not just dead but living. <laughs> Praying before the throne. We're going to pray for Israel. We're going to pray for the nations. We're going to pray for the USA. Come on, somebody. Uh, so um, why, why today? Why Israel? Why Jerusalem? Well, simply, if you put the, the biblical facts together... Um, you know, Jerusalem is where Jesus went. It's where they sentenced him. It's where he was crucified, buried. It's where he resurrected. It's where he spent those days with his disciples before he ascended. And then he, before he ascended, say, wait here. Wait in Jerusalem, because I'm going to send here in Jerusalem my Holy Spirit. And then from Jerusalem, you'll take the gospel and the power of the gospel to the ends of the earth from Jerusalem. Are you getting connection here yet? And then he ascended, and, and the angel said, hey, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's going to come back just like he came, and you know where he's going to come back? Mount Zion in Israel, according to the Old Testament prophets. He's going to land back in uh, Israel, and for a millennium, he will rule the earth from, guess, Jerusalem. Uh, <laughs> these are just the biblical facts for you, just telling you the Bible. <laughs> but he will rule the nations of the earth. From his seat of government in Jerusalem, he will return. Jesus is coming back. And he will rule and he will reign. And you and I, whether we uh, die before that day or not, will be alive on that day to see it. Hallelujah. Now, there's a whole lot of theology there that I'm not going to dig into. Go read your Bible. It's right. Um, <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> and then let's dive in. God, we thank you that we get to be alive today in, in a day that, that seems unprecedented, where as you began to pour out your spirit 2,000 years ago, you continue today. And as you prayed for your body to be one, you are bringing your body together as one, at least for a day and at least around your throne. But we just say yes to what you're doing. We thank you, Father, for your good plans that you're sovereign and powerful over us and sovereign over every nation and that you are orchestrating this divine plan unto the return of the king. And Jesus, we say we want to see it. We want revelation of it. We want to say yes to you even when we don't understand it. And would you give us revelation today? Would you join our hearts with the heart of heaven and with the heart of your people on the planet today that we would be one as you are one, that Jesus, you'd be glorified in us and through us, that the world would know you today in Jesus' name. Amen.
So we're going to look at a couple different places. So if you have your Bible, open it up. We'll get you flipping around. If you like to use the device, get that. Um, of course, we'll have it up here on the brand spanking new projector. And uh, I just want to say I was not the only one involved with a lot of tech stuff today. Praise God for all the people willing to serve and um, grace for to walk through frustrations today. You know who you are. Um, but we're going to start in John chapter 1. Um, just to begin to bring this into focus for us today. Because again, there can be the question of like, why does this matter so much again? <laughs> it, why does why is, why is Israel matter? What, what, about, what about us? Um, so I love this in the book of John. Actually, Jim and I were just chatting about the book of John. Um, but John begins to open his gospel with this very like macro view of the sovereignty and the plan of God that has come together in one man, Jesus. All right, so John chapter 1, we're going to dive right in, verse 11, talking about Jesus. He came to that which was his own, so people of Israel, okay, just, you're wondering what they're talking about. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, the privilege, the honor, that's depending on what translation you read, <laughs> to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a human husband's will, but born of God. Stop there for a sec. So Jesus came, his people, his, he was born into the, the line of Judah, into the Jewish nation, but they did not receive him. But to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, the privilege, the honor to be children of of God, born of God, not of the will of man, but by God. And you know who that is? That's us. If you have believed in Jesus, you have been grafted in, you've been brought into the family of God as sons and daughters. Hallelujah. That should get you excited. He gave you that by his own life. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> the word became flesh, and verse 14, made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And you may say, well, that's John. He got to walk with Jesus. He has seen the glory of God. But it wasn't just written about John, just about the 12 disciples that walked with him. Not just who are living and breathing. This is an eternal word. For all who have believed, that's you and me, in a billion plus across the planet, we have seen his glory. We have seen him. The one who's come, the one and only, full of grace and truth. And if we had not, we wouldn't be sitting here today. We wouldn't be alive in Jesus today. Praise the Lord. We have been born of God, privileged to be his sons and daughters forever. But salvation, that glory, uh, that honor had to come through someone, from someone. Jesus had to be born as a human being. And so God in his sovereignty had chosen that salvation would come to the whole world through the nation of Israel. Through a Jewish man named Jesus. And Jesus came. As we know, he lived, he died, he was crucified under a sign they nailed above his head that said, King of the Jews. But what he actually has become is King of the Nations. Hallelujah. 
There he was, died outside of Jerusalem, poured out his spirit in Jerusalem, but then the gospel has gone to the ends of the earth, and even because of his own not receiving him, here we are. Turn with me. Romans chapter 11. Told you we're going to look at a lot. Told you I'm going to try to talk short, and then we're going to pray. Kids in Sunday school will be so surprised. They're going to be like, you're done already? Uh, no, we'll see. Paul, Paul writes in Romans chapter 11. Now, the whole chapter is actually very dense, speaking about what has happened in this hour of human history concerning Israel and concerning us as Gentile believers. So I would encourage you to read the whole chapter. Um, if I thought I wouldn't lose your attention, I would read the whole chapter. But I'm going to highlight pieces of it and talk, talk you through it, and then you go back and ask the Lord to help you get better understanding. But he says this, Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 7. What then? What the people of Israel sought so earnestly, which was the Messiah, they did not obtain. The elect among them did, meaning those that actually did believe in Jesus, the Jews that did open their hearts and receive him. But the others were hardened. Just as it is written, God gave them, this Old Testament quote, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see, ears that could not hear, to this very day. See, and this is important to see the context of the how and the why of this. Now, they rejected him. And that is to our benefit, so that we have been able to receive him. But in the meantime, other than a small few who have turned to the Lord, and that number has been ever increasing, many, many Jews in the last several decades multiplied exponentially more have been coming to the Lord because he's coming back soon. But for the season that we've been living in that brings us to this place, he has allowed a hardening of a whole people group. And I say that because when we talk about praying for Israel, when we um, emphasize the reality of Israel's space in God's eternal sovereign plan, we can sometimes get an attitude about why they're so special. We should actually <laughs> be grateful that we've received mercy because they, and they are to be pitied in their current state and prayed for. Because we have received, by their hardening, the blessing they were meant to receive. Are you getting that? We pray for them because, well, we'll keep reading. Verse 11. Again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? And this is important, too, because some would like to say, well, they said, no, Israel's out, we're in. That's the end of the story. Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression, verse 12, means riches for the world, and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, check this, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? For if their, verse 15, rejection brought reconciliation to the world, again, put your name in there, what will their acceptance be but like life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as froze fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root, which is Israel, is our root, is holy, so are the branches. Are you still with me? Okay, let's keep reading. Paul just says it so well. Verse 17. If some of the branches, get the metaphor here, have been broken off, those that are hardened, and you, that's you, me, 
though a wild olive shoot have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from that olive root, blessed be the Lord, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, and Paul gets real harsh here, read the word of God. You, if you do, consider this. You do not support the root. That root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Wow. Verse 22. You guys good? Consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you. Provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will be cut off couple more verses. We're going to read to 27, just so you know. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, verse 25, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, check it, in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion and he will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Do you see the redemptive story coming full circle? And how we're right in the middle, maybe towards the end, because the gospel is about to reach every nation. And in that moment will be the moment when somehow, some way, because it's the word of God, all Israel will be saved. They will see their Messiah. The veil will be lifted. The scales will come off. And the one that they rejected in previous generations, they will receive in one generation. And it will be life from the dead. Hallelujah. We've received that. We've received life from the dead. He freely gave what we did not deserve. But our eyes were opened by grace through faith to receive him. Their eyes were closed, hardened for a season. Why? So that we could. This is why we pray for them. We've received mercy. Behold the kindness of God. And if you behold that kindness of God, your heart should erupt in worship, praise, thanksgiving, honor to God for his goodness towards us. Amen? That we have been grafted in, thanks to Jesus, that once was one nation that was chosen, we are now part of that chosen nation. Because one man came to the earth to bring salvation through one nation, we've all been grafted in. And all nations will be grafted in to the root of Jesse. That's a name for Jesus, by the way, from Isaiah chapter 11. I'm not talking about me. Uh, that's uh, Isaiah chapter 11. Check it out. It's really good. Uh, God had to choose a people for himself. 
to make an example of what it looks like when God commits his affection to a people and when he places his name upon them, and he did. And he has, and he has never revoked his name from the people of Israel. And we read the story of how greatly unfaithful they were to him and how persistently faithful he was to them. And that, my friends, is not just the story of Israel. That's your story. (laughs) He remains faithful. And where did this all start? Where did this begin? Father Abraham had many sons. It started with Abraham, one man who God would choose to befriend, one man whose heart was open in faith, would believe the word of the Lord. Abraham, follow me. I'll make you the father of many nations. I will take you to a land you did not know, and I will be your God. And through you, Abraham, what did he say? All nations will be blessed. Started with one man, Abraham, the friend of God, the man of faith, that would be, begin to be the formation of one nation, but would be the father of many and through whom all nations would come to salvation. And through him came Israel, through Israel came Jesus, and through Jesus came us. You see the connection to the timeline, to the sovereign plan of God. And so the full circle will be when the gospel goes to the ends of the earth and rebounds back to Jerusalem. Their eyes are opened and they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let me finish the story. Are you guys following with me though? Isn't this beautiful? Isn't God so good? Mm. Yeah, let me read this part. I'm, I'm going out of order, Annie, so forgive me. Um, Jesus, toward the end of his earthly ministry, uh, in Matthew chapter 22, and you could just read it up here. I won't keep you flipping all over. He to the end, and he knows it. He just rode in on the donkey. It's the triumphal entry. He's about to um, flip over some tables in the temple. He's going to go be with his disciples. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be crucified. The end of his, his earthly ministry, and he makes this declaration as he stands over the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. Yet, verse 39, I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he was making a prophetic statement that there would be an hour when, though they had rejected him during his earthly ministry, there would be an hour that comes in the future when their eyes are open to see who he was all along. And they say, no, no, Jesus, we believe you. Jesus, we receive you. And the spiritual, religious, and probably the political leaders of that land will turn their eyes to seven and say, Jesus, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. And that will be the call. That will be one of three or four specific things that Jesus has highlighted that will unlock his return to the planet. He will come. He will come. One of the others, in case you're wondering, what are the other ones? The gospel being preached to the ends of the earth, which could very easily happen in our lifetimes. 
We could be breathing when the gospel reaches the last people groups on the planet. So we've got a couple of things going for us already. Um, Jesus is coming soon. You won't see me again until you say that. And so Jesus prophesied that knowing what was going to happen when he poured out his spirit on them and they're spread and the gospel is coming now to the ends of the earth. It's going to go back to Jerusalem, revive Israel, and Jesus will return. So let me bring it back into focus and then we're going to pray. You know, when we are... When we are praying then for Israel, when, when God is setting the spotlight on them, we are praying for their restoration, for what was lost to be found, to be regained, the healing, and for their eyes to be opened, for their hearts to be softened to Jesus the Messiah, because we carry today the glory that was meant to come first to them. Right? We are privileged in this, and it matters to Jesus. And it matters to us, right? Why does it matter to Jesus? Well, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. How do we feel? We're going to pray today also for the United States. How do you feel when we start praying for America? We start believing God to save souls. We believe God to revive the USA. We, we, we are attached to that, aren't we? How much more so is Jesus attached when we're praying for his people, his nation? for revival and restoration. And I, I just say that because that's what we're praying for. We're not taking a stand or about their political disputes and wars over borders right now um, because Jesus will take care of that. He really will. I mean, in fact, there's a prophetic word in, in Micah chapter 4 that talks. I'm, I'm actually going to read it because I think it matters. Micah chapter 4, verse 3, and it speaks of when Jesus comes back, when he returns the second time, when he comes to rule from Jerusalem. It says, Micah chapter 4, verse 3, for the Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. This is important. All the wars raging, especially surrounding the nation of Israel right now. Many nations warring. And what people are trying to settle with guns and bombs, Jesus himself will bring resolution. He will mediate and bring resolution to the lands and for all nations. And at the end of the day, it will be fair it will be just, and every human soul involved will be blessed by the, the leadership of Jesus. Amen? That's what we're believing for. And you know where we're going to end up at the end of that story? There will be uh, ethnic Arabs and ethnic Jews who are believers in Messiah standing shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, praising him. Salvation belongs to the Lamb. They will be right there side by side with no disputes. And there will be ethnic Europeans, <laughs> Africans, and Asians, all unanimously standing before the throne of God. And all eyes will be on Jesus. Hallelujah. We are on the way to that moment. Because Jesus 
is returning. All that's happening right now has a decided end where Jesus gets to receive his full inheritance. He gets to receive the full inheritance of all the nations standing before him. All the nations in unity before him, honoring and glorifying him as king of the nations. Do you believe that? This is our story. This is our song. And this is what we get to be a part of. Is that helping this make sense? So as promised, I talked not super long, (laughs) uh, but we're going to pray. And I want you to understand that even now, though you may not have next to you the ethnic Jew and the ethnic Arab, that right now there literally are somewhere in the globe people of all nations praying for the globe. People of all nations praying for Israel and praying for the gospel to reach the ends of the earth. Right now, 110 million of them. And there's 30 or 40 of us here. We are in that number. And before God, it's a precursor to what he prophesied heaven will look like. Before God, it is a pleasing aroma. It's a pleasing fragrance to him. And so we are blessed. We are honored. What what a privilege to be alive right now. In this moment, that to stand together in the next minute and pray for Israel, pray for the nations, and pray for the USA with our brothers and sisters all across the globe in one chorus to Jesus, the Lamb, the Lion, and the King. Let's stand together.